It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network Want to thank everybody for taking us along with you Whatever you're doing on your daily grind Work, gym, home, shower, whatever it is We really appreciate you taking us along all you new listeners welcome aboard hope you enjoy the show got a special one today we the rain and jays john corrales samuel jamison packard the third joined by a special guest long time uh what do we call you uh nba celtics twitter personality at this point known on i'll take it, on twitter as at snotty dripping james hollis what's going on my man nice to have you on the show Hey, it's a big honor. Uh, like I said, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, you guys, it's you know, you guys, like you said, hey, you guys are, you guys keep me coming at the gym, in the car. Sometimes I, you know, might disagree a little bit, but for the most part, you guys are spot on. So I really, it's really, uh, it's really an honor. Thanks, guys. Disagree on what? Uh, just every now and then, a little something. <laughs> you know, not much. We are always uh, correct. Sometimes- well, no, you are. Sam Jam is an awful lot. <laughs> hey, I didn't. I didn't claim that Gordon Hayward should go to the G League a week ago. I didn't say that at all. I don't know what you're talking about. That was the probably like my, my ears almost melted off when I heard that one. No, but I said it was a hot take beforehand. So that means no, no, everything no, after that like, is justification. Like yeah, that's like saying the, that's like saying the sun is pretty warm on the surface of the sun. That was more than a hot take, man. That was like. Yeah, that I'm surprised they didn't ban you. Like FC, FCC should ban you for that one. That was that was uh, that was scorching. It was less of a hot take and more of a half baked idea. It was just a dumb thing I thought during the Celtics game, and then I said, "Oh, that's so stupid. I have to bring it up on the podcast." But you know what? There have been times in the you know recently until like his great game last time that Gordon has looked like he didn't know what basketball was. So I, I get it. It was it was a it was a desperation uh, hail mary hail mary take that you do up there. Well, that's I like Sam's uh, theory that once you say I've got a hot take, you can say anything afterwards, and it's been prefaced by the fact that it's a hot take, and you're just just free reign. I've got a hot take. They should cut Gordon Hayward. That's a hot take. Yeah, it it's like that's like saying with all due respect, you can say anything after that. Of course, no, with all due respect is insulting. (laughs) I got a hot take is just acknowledging that this what I'm about to say is going to be shitty, but I need to say it because I thought it. Has anyone started a <laughs> sentence with all due respect or no disrespect, but and not actually disrespected the person? Uh, absolutely not. That's a, absolutely. a universal thing. All right, so let's all let's, due respect, but that's a dumb question. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's a fine example, Sam. So, all right, so we've got you on. We've been talking about this stuff. Nothing happened on on Monday. Monday was a complete off day, except for Terry Rozier 
and Jason Tatum taking some kids Christmas shopping at the at the Watertown Mall. Like that's all that happened on Monday. Hold on, Road. hold on. I grew up in Watertown, and the Watertown Mall is one of the worst malls in the history of time. They don't even have any good stores there. That's horrendous. I would never want to go to the Watertown Mall. Yeah. Clearly, the best store there is uh, the Old Country Buffet. That's where the DMV is. Oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah, the, they couldn't take them to a, a nicer mall like the Chestnut Hill Mall. The Watertown Mall has got to be one of the worst malls in the history of time. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's. They, I mean, they got a Target there. I think they went to the Target. That is, first, that, that is some first world complainer right there. He's, they took kids <laughs> shopping for Christmas, and you are stomping all over their 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 mall choice. Like, wow, Sam Jam. I want I want it better for the kids. I want the kids to experience a top flight mall, not to Target. My God, that's terrible. They don't even have the arcade there, which they used to have. Let me tell you, Watertown Mall is trash. Uh, the kids need to go to one of the fancier suburbs in Watertown and go to Chestnut Hill and really. Really go out, go wild. But you know what? I'm glad that I'm glad Terry and uh, Jason Tatum did for the kids. That's nice. Uh, but fair enough point. I will say, having been to the Watertown Mall, Sam has a point. <laughs> Sam definitely has a point. Uh, the the Target is a nice generic enough place where the kids can go get their toys. That's fine. That's good. We're glad. But uh, there there are better mall options. So that's me being diplomatic. This is my this is my hosting duties, tying it all together. But so. We're going to go back and we're going to get your fresh perspective, James, on the uh, on what's been happening here with, with the Celtics, with Gordon Hayward, all that stuff. So I know you've you've written a little bit about it. I know you, you're you've been talking about you you haven't been writing as much. First of all, where where can people find you and your stuff that you've been doing? Uh, I mean, like especially this season, I've been taking it real light. My day job gets in the way of me having fun and writing about basketball. So, uh, like I, I wrote a piece on uh, upandunder.net. You know, it's called the Pulse Celtics, just because you know everyone everyone has the hot takes. Well, not none as hot as Sam Jams, Gordon Hayward to the, <laughs> the D League, but you know everyone. Hey, they got they have to trade someone. Jalen Brown was an aberration. Everyone has all these hot takes, and I think like you guys usually nail it. You guys are spot on. I'm a I, I really do listen to you guys all the time. And, uh, you know, there's maybe four or five, like three or four points that, you know, are, are why the Celtics were struggling early. And they look a lot better as of late. Um, so, yeah, you know, so I wrote about that on uh, upandunder.net. Uh, I have my, my podcast with my man Joe Borelli, Dunk Tales Pod. Um, and that's really it. And I got something coming in the pipes I can't really talk about yet. Even right. though it's not – it's not gonna be really cool. It sounds like oh something big time. It's not big time, but you know I'm gonna make sure my first piece drops before I I All put right. it out there. But that's it right now. And and of course Twitter. That's not even dripping. That's it. That, Tw- I mean, Twitter's the most important part. That's that really I is. Mean, it really is. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny how all like basketball people are just addicted to Twitter. It, that's just our thing. I don't know. I don't know if any other sports space is exactly the way we are, but here we are. So let's let's start here with some of the 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 I guess reaction to Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is getting better. He's kind of rediscovering himself. At some point, we're hoping that he gets back to his own his old self. So, are you of the opinion? that Gordon Hayward should stay on the bench or eventually should work his way back into the starting lineup? I mean, right now I'm, I'm of the opinion, if it ain't broke, like don't fix it. What they're doing right now is working. 
Uh, they should probably roll with it for you no, know, as long as he's comfortable with it. Because I mean, hey, he's showing that he can be very effective off the bench. You know, that that, that game of the night was fantastic, and he still, I think, he still has a long ways to go. You know, because um, we've seen him have good games before. I think another game we had like eighteen five and five, and then like you know, two games later, he he's spraying passes all over the place and he's missing wide open shots again. So you know, it's a process for him. And you got you talked about it before on the show how that setback in May. You know, when they had to go back in there and, and do more work and he's back in the walking boot, he's really behind schedule. So this is still like part of this is like training camp and rehab for him. And, you know, he's doing it on the fly. So it's been really tough. So uh, at least for the hopefully, I think for the for the next, I don't know, until maybe January, if, if they're rolling like the way they are now, keep it the way it is. I mean, of course, he deserves a start. That's, that's the whole plan. Uh, but like we all know, it's not really who starts, who finishes. And he finished the other night. So. Yeah, look, I, I think his minutes have been pretty consistent, starting or or not. So if he's getting the same amount of minutes, if the minutes stay the same with everybody or or similar, there's going to be some kind of adjustment when Jalen Brown comes back. Minutes are going to have to come from somewhere. We talked a little bit about that in in the Monday show, but there's I, I think if the minutes are okay, the closing lineups are going to be, I guess. Somewhat matchup based. If the Celtics have a lead, then they they can maybe go with a little bit more defense. If they have uh, if they need to score a bunch, they can get some more scorers out there. So who closes might depend on what the Celtics need. We've seen Kyrie Irving come out late in close games, so the Celtics will put who they need on the floor. That that's that much has been made clear. Uh, I, I think. I've seen some stuff about Gordon Hayward coming back into the starting lineup. I don't know what the rush is to, to change anything that's been working. The way the Celtics started the season, I'd I'd rather just just go with what's been working. Just let it roll and work Jalen Brown in, get him in on the bench, and slowly kind of figure out, make sure he knows how he we, we need him to play, and just. Just keep it going, man. Just keep this role going because the way this season has gone so far, I don't want to be tinkering anymore. I don't feel like tinkering is like this. This works. Just keep going with it. Yeah, but we we also know that Brad Stevens, you know, he treats a regular season like a laboratory. So we're going to see more tinkering. I'm with you too. Though. I, I, the the beginning of the season was so disappointing. Like seeing some solid gameplay and some some, solid, some like the energy that Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris bring. It's been such a refreshing change because I got so sick of being down by 12 and 14 points halfway through the first quarter. I got so sick of seeing that. It, it was really frustrating because this team is so talented. So uh, but I'm right with you. Uh, as long as it's working right now, as long as everybody's – and it seems uh, – I think Kyrie had some interesting comments about how everybody wanted to win, but they wanted to win their own terms. And now guys are kind of like, you know, fitting in back into the, game, the team game plan. That's the good thing. So if that's how things are working right now, I'm really interested to see how it looks when Jalen Brown comes back. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest issue is how do you work Jalen Brown back into the lineup because he is playing, what, 25 to up to 30 minutes a game or that's how much he expects to play. And I don't think he comes back and becomes a starter just because how much energy Marcus Smart has provided off the bench. But then is Jalen Brown in his third year um, rocking his turtleneck? Is he going to be okay? Like, becoming off the bench, is he okay with only 15 minutes a game? He said all the right things and said he's, like, willing to come off the bench. It's just... Like it seems like these guys are like when they're playing. When someone is hurt, the Celtics have played very well because it seems like everyone is able to get a little bit more comfortable. And it might be an issue where they have too many guys. Um, 
But I'm curious to see like how Jalen coming back affects kind of the rotations in the lineup, because if you look at the minutes played against the Timberwolves, it's hard to figure out where you get 20 minutes or 25 minutes uh, from the like from those totals. Maybe you I know Tatum played like 35 and Kyrie paid 32 or Hayward mm-hmm. played 30. But it's like, where do you where do you steal minutes from to get to Jalen? So he's like happy enough. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's not, he's a, a, a year away from it being restricted free agent, but he's still playing for some money. He's still trying to prove himself. Like, how much is he going to be willing to accept, like, a, a smaller bench role? I think that's, like, one of the bigger questions. Like, he's, he said all the right things, but clearly earlier in the season, he has not, uh, not adjusted well to kind of what, whatever his new role is, because he's shooting, what, like 20% from three point land? Yeah, it's pretty bad. And you know what? Our guy, Alex Kungu, I hope I pronounced his name right. He actually was asking that question on Twitter, but, uh, I mean, they're going to just slash Shemmy Ojale's minutes. They'll slash, um, they'll slash uh, Dan- Daniel Daniel Tice's minutes. They'll slash, you know, you won't see any Yabu. So I mean, you're right. It's it's up to Brad Stevens and the staff to to really make it happen and to to nip tuck that. But you know, Jalen's big thing is I think he presses. He like, he thinks so much and he wants to be good so badly that once he misses a couple of shots and you guys talked about this on the show all the time, he missed a couple of shots and you can see him start to either press or overthink, or he gets passive when he hits a couple of easy dunks or, you know, a couple of good defensive plays. He's a completely different player. So they, like Stevens just has to find a way to unlock that and get him to say, Hey, you know what? Don't worry about your offense. Come in and play defense, get your, get warm, get your, get yourself together. And then the shots will come. But that's kind of my big concern is that like, if he's only getting, 18 minutes a game guaranteed and then he's only like he's only going to play in the fourth quarter if he plays well in those first 18 minutes then that feels like a natural like time for him to press and him to be concerned about having to play well and all those like like having to prove himself every single time he's in the game because he sat out a lot of fourth quarters so far and so it's he and that is interesting you bring up like he thinks too much that's something he's talked about like thinking too much on the court maybe Mm -hmm. it's just like not like when he last year he had basically guaranteed 30 minutes a game and he wasn't concerned about like one mistake or one passed up shot is going to lead to him on the bench. But now with so much talent, maybe that's more of a concern. That's a good point. Another thing is that, like I said, when I remade those comments, I, I think maybe I didn't, something seems off. And this is, you guys tell me if I'm wrong or not, not like in a terrible way, but like, you know, last year they seemed to all be having so much fun. They all seemed to be just like, you know, having each other's back. And I'm not saying they didn't have each other's back early this season, but they they definitely felt the weight of the expectations. You could see, you know, and and that that's when things aren't fun. And now it seems like they're kind of getting back to that groove again, where they're they're enjoying playing basketball. And that might change the whole, you know, even the the pressure on Jalen now, where it's, you don't have to be a, a super, you don't have to be the Superman, man. We need you to play defense and, and hit those threes. There's no pressure on you now because, as you can see. We're, we're getting our mojo back, you know, and that's that's the word. They lost their mojo. We talked about I talked about the Rockets before, how they seem to have lost their swagger. That was what the Celtics had done. And now it looks they look a lot more like the Celtics of old in the last, like, I don't know, half, like last two weeks. We're going to continue this conversation in just a minute. But at first, I want to remind any local business owners, if your company is looking to reach new customers and do it in a new way you could advertise with us this is where i would normally be reading your ad copy but i don't have it you should be contacting us locked on celtics at gmail.com your company could be mentioned right now in this spot 
Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with the sponsors that they hear on their podcast. Podcast listeners, overall, more educated, more earning potential than traditional media audiences. So they've, they're smart. They've got money to spend. Our demographic is 98% men. So if you want to reach that target audience, sponsor this podcast, email us, LockedOnCeltics at gmail.com. That's LockedOnCeltics at gmail.com. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So you brought up a point about Kyrie talking about the young guys, and he spent the first, okay, the first few games were the first few games, and no one really, I don't think, paid it much mind because they they didn't really see the problem. And then as it persisted, you started to hear Kyrie talk a lot about the young guys I really do think I mean there's only a few young guys on this team and he directed that pretty clearly at the young guys and it's what Jason Tatum Jalen Brown uh, Terry Rozier who else is is on that team that was getting rotation minutes that's a quote-unquote young guy it's basically those few guys and the the message was clear like they saw what we saw and we just had to read between the lines or 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 get through some of the code or whatever Brad Stevens was saying that he's never really going to call out guys specifically but Kyrie was right some of these guys are not in the right places there was a maybe it was the Knicks game where there was that extreme frustration of we had just had a, a late shoot around we had just put in the game plan and we came out and guys just weren't in the right places so there's a lack of focus there for whatever reason now that focus has kind of returned by putting smart in in Morris in the in the lineup but in the starting lineup but that from I guess Jalen Brown is really the only one left that we need that really good evidence that he gets it now uh, Jason Tatum's I, I detailed that multiple places and I think I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast Jason Tatum's numbers his efficiency that's gotten better he's basically gotten all the mamba out of his game 
and now it's up to Jalen Brown. And, and hopefully I think Jalen Brown gets the message that just go out there and play basketball. Do the things that we need you to do. Don't worry about the other stuff. Jason Tatum's the guy that you, you, you need to look at actually two guys. Jason Tatum and Marcus Morris. Morris has cut out all the mid-range bullshit from his game. Tatum is cutting all the mid-range bullshit out of his game. And what ends up happening? You shoot a higher percentage, you end up scoring better numbers, and everybody looks at your performance and says, wow, look at how much better they're playing. If you go off half-cocked on your own individual bullshit, then you're gonna, you're, you're gonna have problems, and it's gonna end up coming back to haunt you, and you're gonna end up gonna go back to your, your rookie year, where he got benched for things like this. He didn't get benched last year. Last year he's had a good year. This year he's on his way back to getting benched and not by just not starting, but like not playing because he's not playing smart enough basketball. That hurts my heart, man, because that's my that's my large adult son. But I mean, we can't <laughs> we can't deny it, man. He's just he he just he's been bad. Like there's no excuses. He had a, a couple games, a couple flashes here or there, but for the most part, he just has been bad. And um, he's getting I hate better. I, I want to be fair. Like, he is getting better. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple yeah, right before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had he had like I think what maybe a two or three game stretch where he wasn't bad. He was he was useful. He was actually playing defense. He wasn't forcing a lot of stuff. So, but um, yeah. It it I wonder. Some players are just not meant to be complimentary. You know, low usage players. And I'm not saying like he's. He's that talented where he has to be a star somewhere, but maybe that's just I don't. I, I, we saw the more playing time he got last year, the better he got. You know, so I don't know. It will. I hope he can make the adjustment. Yeah, he has to learn how to do less. Like he basically just needs to be a, like a consummate three and D guy, hang out in the corner, let all the focus be on Kyrie and Tatum and Horford and Hayward, like all those guys in the pick and roll, and just be like hang out in the corner, knock down corner threes, and then occasionally do back cuts, and then just play stellar defense. And I understand, like, you're coming off this, uh, this great sophomore year where you've, uh, you basically, you've lead, like, led the team in scoring in the playoffs. But if he can come back and kind of understand that, like, his role better and just understand that, like, my job is to play defense and my job is to knock down corner threes. I think, like, that, if he can adjust to doing a little bit less, then I think he has, like, he has all the tools to succeed. Um, and then just, like, attacking in transition. But I think too often, when the ball swings to Jalen Brown, it's like him trying to attack the basket, which I think is like, actually that's the difficult thing is I think him being aggressive is when he's at his best, but you kind of don't want him to be that aggressive because there's, there's just better players on the court. So it's basically, it's a difficult challenge for him to try to figure out where he, where to pick his spots because passive Jalen Brown is definitely not good, but over aggressive Jalen Brown is also not good. And so you need to kind of find that, that happy medium and, Maybe just winning will solve this and you'll see that like people are adjusting to their roles and just like channel Marcus Smart where all Marcus Smart does right now is basically shoot threes. And now he's hitting 50 percent of them, which is fucking awesome. But um, <laughs> I think like if that if he can learn like that, like to be a low usage player and just be a defensive guy, that's where I think he makes his six. Like that's where he is more successful. But that's kind of a hard thing to do because his success has been being aggressive and, and kind of getting to the rim. So. Um, I think it's going to be a work in progress with him, but with him having, with Brad Stevens having such a dope pedagogy and Jalen Brown being such a learned man um, from the University of California, Berkeley, I think he can figure it out. Pedagogy. Pedagogy. All right. Uh, hey. I, I think the, the thing with, with Jalen Brown, it, I, and I, I just want to be clear that 
in, there's been a lot of hate on Jalen Brown. This isn't hate. It's criticism. It's an observation. It's, it's not without, it's not without merit to say these things. I think he can be better. I think he can definitely play better. Uh, and, and we need in Boston, we need Jalen Brown to be better. If the Celtics are going to be that championship type caliber team, like they're playing fine basketball now, but if they're going to go out and beat the golden States of the world, they need Jalen Brown to be like last year's Jalen Brown. Uh, Absolutely. And, and I, I think that he's in James. I think you tweeted this out once the people progress at different rates. And, and just because Jalen Brown maybe isn't taking as much as of a step forward that we might've expected, it doesn't mean that he won't. It just means that he's it's, it's a slow start. And even if he plays like this the rest of the year, it doesn't mean that he won't improve next year. Not everybody makes those same steps at same times. And and there is a little bit of an unfair expectation on young guys to expect them after a good year to have another even better year the next the next year forward. How how concerned are you guys about his shot? Because that was his biggest criticism coming out of Cal was that he's not going to be a great shooter. Um, we see him struggle from the free throw line. Like he doesn't have the purest shot in the league. And now he's shooting like 23% or something from three. Like where the thing they need him to do the most is knock down open threes and he's not the best shooter. And so is that is like, I think that's a, a could be a big concern because that's not, he's never shown that he's like a consistent shooter. Um, so far in his NBA career, you know what, coming into this season, for his career, even on a very low volume and as, a, as a rookie, I think coming yeah coming into this season, he's been a career like 37, 38% three-point shooter. Yeah, so look, early in the season, no one on the Celtics was hitting open shots. You know, Gordon Hayward, we saw even in the summer, he was, you know, the, the shooting should never go away, but he wasn't hitting, no one was hitting, like, we. I heard you guys talk about it ad, ad nauseum. They're creating all these wide open shots and they're just not making them. That's, that's a problem. And now it's not a problem. So, um, I'm not super concerned on a scale of one to 10. I'm like, I don't know, but maybe four, four and a half, because you're, it's, it's, if he's not making shots, then we, there's definitely a problem in Boston for Jalen Brown, but I'm, I'm confident in him. He's a smart kid. He's already shown like confidence. Confidence is so important. And you can just see, even though, you know, he has the kind of the, the stoic demeanor, his confidence, you can see when it's shaking, you know? So. Um, I, I think he's going to come back, maybe watching on the sidelines and watching these guys get into a rhythm. He's going to, it's going to make it easier for him, I think. And maybe he, he can, he maybe he can, he, coach is telling him, hey, here, that's where you can attack right here. Here's where we need to do this. So maybe he'll, he's picking up little bits and, and, and hopefully he'll come back and just kind of integrate himself smoothly. It's funny. The Celtics have two guys who buck one specific trend in Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, where forever, it's been, if you're not a great shooter, but you can shoot free throws well, that's an indication that you've got the form, you've got the ability to shoot for some reason, whether it's your rhythm, your steps, your release, just something something when you're out there on the court in the flow of a game, something's off, and that's fixable. And Marcus Smart has, a, has been historically a mid-80% free throw shooter, good free throw shooter. And historically, he's just obviously been a bad three-point shooter. Jalen Brown has come in and been a 60-something percent free-throw shooter for now his third season. Like, his career number is 65% from the free-throw line. And while I just said guys progress at different rates, and that can obviously change, so far that is who he is. But that hasn't translated necessarily until, 
I guess this season to his three point shooting because he shot thirty nine and a half percent last year, thirty four percent the year before, and like you said, James, on on more limited touches, but this year mm-hmm. he's shooting worse. He's shooting worse across the board. He's shooting worse from two. His two po- his two point shooting is down a couple of percentage points. His three point shooting is down now significantly. So um, this is uh, it just this indication that something something is is wrong. But uh, it's hard to say. Like, is the free throw shooting the indicator that? he's going to come crashing down to to less than league average or is the free throw shooting something that he can fix and the three point shooting is just something like you said earlier where this they they were just missing shots and uh he'll he'll start hitting when everyone else is hitting i mean yeah, the, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but you, like with with the Celtics, things would be contagious. Like when they start off missing shots, it kind of it cascades. But when they start making shots, it it opens up the floodgates. You know what I mean? So let's um yeah, I I I'm trying to think of somebody who was a poor free throw shooter, but was always a capable three point shooter, and I'm coming up blank. So maybe you know maybe this it maybe he is regressing back to his overall mean, and this is I hope not because you know he he may he. When he's not thinking, he's just catching and shooting. He's just—I love the kid. I, just want, I want the best. I want the, I want the best for young Jalen. I want the best for him. I think we all do. I, I, I think what my last point is that I think when they when they've shown that they can get him going early, like his first touches, whenever Jalen Brown gets in the game, whether he starts or whether he comes in at you know four minutes to go in the in the first quarter, it, whenever he comes in, they should be running like plays for him the next two or three three plays that trips down, I should say, uh, because get him going, get him aggressive, get him coming off of curls, going to the basket, get some good, clean, early looks. And then I think once it's shown that he's being integrated and he's, he's a part of the offense, that confidence that we've all been talking about kind of grows and he starts to hit his shot a little bit later. He just needs to know that he's part of things. So the, the last point I want to make on is I think it's going to take some time because you talk about running plays for someone, but like right now, Jalen Brown's probably coming to the game same time as Gordon Hayward. And right now the emphasis is running plays for Gordon Hayward. So I think the the Celtics are going to do what they can to try and get Hayward back to normal, but you know, it's a long season. They still have 60 games left. Maybe it, maybe it takes the, it's the third quarter of the season where, where it's the Jalen Brown reclamation project. But I, I think you're right. They do have to make a point of emphasis of trying to get him going. But right now, that like the what's more important is trying to get Gordon Hayward just feeling like confident about jumping and being athletic. And so I think that's going to be their emphasis. And then they'll once Hayward's back, they can make more of a focus of uh, trying to like work Jalen Brown back. I think Hayward's like definitely the key piece to the, if they want to like champions be a championship contender. But see, I also I'm, like. I'm sorry, James, but I also like. Gordon with Jalen because Gordon is such a willing and capable passer that you could run those horn sets that I've been mentioning so much that you can put Jalen opposite uh, Gordon Hayward and have Jalen kind of make the reads and Gordon Hayward find him. So Jalen's a pick setter and then he can either pop or cut slip screens and and Gordon's going to find him for those easy baskets. Gordon Hayward's going to make those right passes for Jalen Brown while also hunting his own shot. So I think 
both of those guys together in the same at, coming in at the same time would be good for both of them. That's actually you, you made the point I was going to make. Like now they're both getting to attack second units and where they're, you know, they should have a great advantage. You know, Gordon Hayward, former all star Jalen Brown definitely is a starter quality talent. So, yeah, against second units now, um, he should be a little more confident. Maybe he can get himself off on track. And like, hey, Hayward's been playing kind of like the point forward role for the second unit anyway. So, yeah, you, you nailed it. Okay, great. Yep, sorry to sorry to hijack your point. Didn't realize. No, that. no, no. That's no, that's perfect. You 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 put it a lot more uh, succinctly and eloquently than I could. <laughs> All right, we'll just leave so, it hey, at wait, that. I'll take it. Can I ask you guys a question? I'm, I, real quick, let's play a little quick game. Hold on. You want to play? Yeah, we'll play this game. You mentioned this game. Let's play this game in the final segment. All right. Okay. Let, yeah, me, just, let me just tell people about the Lockdown Podcast Network social. Outlets, Locked On NBA Net on Twitter and Instagram. Locked On NBA Net on Instagram is a sampling of different podcasts, the Locked On NBA podcast, and different podcasts from around the network. We can get little 15-second snippets in your stories, longer clips in your feed, so you can see what kind of work's being done around the network and see what other podcasts you should be listening to. Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. It's a curated feed of all the best tweets from all of the Locked On Network hosts. So search for Locked On NBA Net on Twitter and Instagram and follow both. You will enjoy it. Okay, James, you want to play this game? I'm down. Sam's down. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we all know that things that were pretty grim for a while. Those two Utah last losses were not fun. Um, but since the Chicago Bulls, uh, you know, shellacking, but we, we busted them in the head. The profile from the Celtics has been much, much better. And I want to know if you guys understood. So that was November 14th when they crushed the Bulls. And then they beat the uh, – who's the next win? Uh, they beat Toronto, right? Then, yeah, the Utah Bulls. But since that day, that's November 14th, they played 10 games. Do you know where they rank in offensive rating since then? Ooh, I'm going to guess – uh, not top 10. I don't think they can be a top 10 offense. I'm going to guess they're like 14th. Well, just from following in the last 10 games, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go very high either. I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to say it's like 20th. They are 11th, 11th. in offensive rating. Yeah, that's not bad at all. They're right outside the top 10. And, you know, 11, 11th yeah. with the, the second raise of the defense or best defense in the league. That's that's a good that's a playoff team. That's a that's a contender. What's their now, defensive rating? There you go. Is in the last the 10 games. That was the next question. What do you think their defensive rating? So they're, they're 11th with the offensive rating of this is all per NBA.com. Uh, one like right under 111 points per 100 possessions. So they're at 110.9. They're, them and Dallas are tied. Dallas have been really crazy. All right. So that's the offensive. So defensive. What do you think they're at? I don't think I, I'm going to say they're they're probably tenth. No, I think they're still top five. I would say fourth. Uh, split, you guys put the difference. They're seventh, and they're seventh at 103, uh, 103.7, just behind uh, L.A. and Dallas. And you know this is a very a very very small sample size. Net rating, where do you think they, they're at? Um, five or six. I'm trying to do the quick math of what you already told us the offensive and defensive rating were. Oh, ranking in the league. Um, I have no idea. Uh, let's say ninth. In in net rating, um, geez, yeah, uh, yeah, somewhere like that, eighth, ninth, something like that sounds good. They're seventh. They're yeah. right ahead of the Bucks. 
Um, and you know the Pistons have been playing well. Dallas has been playing well. So yeah, the Thun- the Nuggets are one in the last ten games. Oklahoma City is two, and they're seventh, right ahead of the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Rockets and Philly. You know, so that's that's not bad. They're they're coming along. They really are coming along. I think one of the major differences between this season and last season is like last season they pulled some some close games out of their ass, especially during that early winning streak. This mm-hmm. year they really managed to when they got close, like in some close games, just managed to like give it away. I'm thinking of like the first Raptors game. It was a very close game, and then it was like the final two minutes they got their asses kicked. It feels like they they still haven't got things to click, whereas last season they went on this crazy win streak and won a bunch of games that they really didn't deserve to win. I think I think I saw um, Jay King tweet out that they're like their net rating over the the this season is better than it was last season, or there's some sort of a qualification for that. But they're they're playing comparable basketball. I just think like last year they they managed to generate like a bunch of kind of bullshit wins, and now. Uh, that's not really lining up in their favor. So I definitely think they're they're playing better basketball. And with the schedule they're having coming up, like before Christmas, they should be in a driving position in the East. Yeah, the schedule is pretty weak moving moving forward. Uh, you know, it's the numbers for the Celtics. Even when you break it up, last ten, last five, like the numbers are, are so weird because. It, it wasn't until the last few games that they made this switch. Uh, and you have Gordon Hayward. I mentioned this on last night's show that Gordon Hayward's progression changes the dynamic of what the Celtics are. And each, each game that he gets better and he's better than the guy he was in the previous game, that almost renders a lot of the statistics kind of null. Like the, the Gordon Hayward on off numbers from earlier in the year were terrible. But if you put mm-hmm. this Gordon Hayward in with, that team, if you could transport this guy back to the beginning of the season, I bet you they wouldn't be so bad. They'd probably be a lot better. Uh, oh, so it's it's so hard statistically to capture what these Celtics are. Like the numbers are what the numbers are, and you can't dispute what the numbers are. But at the same time, with the eye test, you can say like the the team that we've seen this past week is nowhere near the team that we've seen at the beginning, I, and literally not the same number of players, same same players. So it, it's hard to really quantify what these Celtics are at this point in the season. Yeah, it's, I don't think we're going to see the true Celtics until what maybe mid January or maybe even after the All Star break when they start getting you know getting the playoff rotations down because I mean, like there's so much so much is in flux. You know they're trying to get these young guys back in the Pandora's box because last year they had all the freedom. Now they have more defined roles. Kyrie was coming back. We saw his slow start as he tried to figure out you know the difference between do I play make or score. And now that he's decided again, I'm going to be you know be more of himself, but he's still being a, a, a improved playmaker. That's changed the dynamic. Like you said, Gordon Hayward getting healthier, and we know he's going to be up and down. He's going to have good games, and then he might have games where you know he has no explosion or he's sore. Or so that's going to be a, a work in progress. Jalen Brown's going to be working back into it. You, you called it. You called it. Well, we'll see how that goes. Meanwhile, I'm watching the end of the Denver-Toronto game, and it looks like Toronto... Whoa! Did you just see what Jokic did? I did just see what Jokic did. They're, they're waving that, <laughs> that off. That was wild. <laughs> oh, man, that was insane. <laughs> so for people who didn't see it, yeah, it's really funny. So he got fouled. The, the Nuggets are up one with about five seconds to go. 
he gets fouled and he flings a shot, like a no look shot that went that went in, just swished from about thirty five feet. It didn't count, but he's getting the two free throws. So the Raptors are about to lose, it seems, to the Denver Nuggets, which makes them seven and five, I think, or seven and six against teams that are five hundred or better. Which interesting is concerning. Uh, They've had a very easy schedule, uh, according to all strength of schedule metrics. This and would so, make it seven and five if they if they actually lose this game. And as Kyle Lowry misses at the buzzer, it's official. The Raptors lose, so they are seven and five against teams five hundred and above, which is exact, <laughs> exactly what the Celtics are. And Imagine losing to the Nuggets. What a bad team the Raptors are. <laughs> <laughs> The Raptors, by the way, are 13 and 0 against teams 500 or less, or below 500. So below 500 teams, they've gotten fat on on those teams. 13 and 0. Uh, Celtics, meanwhile, have been six and five against teams below 500. So uh, that's that's the difference right there. They have the literal same record against teams 500 and above. It's just that Toronto has done what they're supposed to do beat all the bad teams, and the Celtics haven't beaten the bad teams. That's the difference between the Celtics struggling and the Raptors being the top seed right now. I have a hot take. Marcus Smart is underpaid. Marcus Smart is underpaid. (laughs) I don't even think that's a hot take. If he's going to shoot 50% from three, then he's the best player in the game. He could, be the same, he could be the same smart he was last season. He's still underpaid because he means so much to them. Just the, he changes the whole tenor of the game. And to have him come in from the start, he's, he's, he's like, you know, he's guarding power forwards in the post. He's blocking shots at the rim. We, we all, we could talk about it forever because he's, he's just incredible. He's something else. We, we could. I mean, the, he really is. To get him at that, at that number, at, you can look at it a couple of different ways, but it's pretty obvious that his value to the Celtics, you talk about things that are hard to quantify. He's one of yes. them. Like you can't, who would pay a career 29% three point shooter in this, this league five figures. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, seven figures, eight figures. Wow. That was bad. A lot of money. A lot five of money. Figures, five Six. figures would be uh, illegal almost. But, yeah. <laughs> But but appropriate for a guy who hits 29% of his shots if he wasn't Marcus Smart. But, uh, yeah, Marcus Smart would be it, – it, it's hard for him to, 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 really, to really put numbers on, on what he means to the Celtics. And it's hard to really calculate, like, would he mean that much to, like, the Hornets? I, I don't know. It's hard to say. But, yeah, Marcus Smart – it, it's it's weird. He the the numbers, the offensive statistics that he puts up drags what he could make overall. Like if he was shooting the way he's shooting this past week, he'd be he'd be making twenty million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe. I mean, if he yeah, I mean, fifty percent from the field, he'd be, the, he'd be Steph Curry levels of good. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I go. think. Hey, increased temperature take. You 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 swap him and Andre Robertson, and they they uh they probably beat like and they probably beat like a lot of teams. They, the the Thunder are so much better if you swap him and Robertson. So you put him on the Thunder even without Kevin Durant, oh, yeah, and well. that Thunder team that Thunder team is almost maybe not a contender, but they're they're going deep deep into the playoffs. That's just the idea of him and Russ next to each other is it just seems dangerous. Like they would get in so many fights. But like, play, like, just like brother fights. But it would still be. Russ would love him. Russ would love him on his team. 
probably they hit so many beats that like on the have, court now. Yeah. They've hated each other for so long. But yeah, absolutely. They would Snotty, would, Snotty. I got I got a question for you, and I'm sorry to change topics like this, but it's been uh, it's been on my mind um, since we started podcasting. When's the last time you heard from my tweets, Real AF? Um, I mean, I got him I got him spammed to hell and beyond. So I mean, I don't hear from him at all. You know, for, I, for the for the folks who don't know, this is the man who um he he got offended because Snotty said Kobe Bryant wasn't that good and uh, drove all the way to Temecula. Well, oh, uh, <laughs> that's the guy I was like, where's he going with this? Yeah, that's him. That's him. My tweets real AF. He changed his at name, but I mean, he still had the same disgusting tweets very homophobic and all. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a character. All right. But, um, yeah, yeah. So it's been, that happened, what, four or five years ago now, three, four years ago. So. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Christmas he, 2014. Yeah, have you ever been to Temecula? Is my second follow-up uh, question. Yeah, me and ex-girlfriend went there once, and uh, she had no idea about all that stuff, so we were able to enjoy it. You know, hey, you know, the paparazzi <laughs> was out, and they were, you know, snapping pictures, and I was on the red carpet, you know, of Temecula. Now, yeah, Temecula is nice. It's wine country. It's really nice. Oh, that sounds that sounds quite lovely. I mean, sorry. I, that's that's when you first emerged onto my um, like into my uh, NBA Twitter timeline, and so that was that's one of the I think the the great a Hall of Fame moment of NBA Twitter, and so um, I just had to ask you about it while, while we had the chance. And I know we're we're running longer than the the locked on uh, lords would want us to, but uh, <laughs> I, I had to squeeze that in. I appreciate the question. Definitely a watershed moment of NBA Twitter. Uh, I would handle it much differently now. But it was hilarious to make him drive to Temecula while I was in Arizona. <laughs> that was the best flex. You told him to meet you in Temecula and you were in Arizona. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, boy. Good times. All right. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. But uh, that, that's a nice piece to uh, end it on. Uh, so one more time, promote yourself. Go ahead, Snotty. Uh, just follow me on Twitter, at Snotty Drippin. Um, and check out my guys over at uh, upandunder.net. They, they allowed me to, to guest write for them. And, um, oh yeah, check out our podcast, which I, I'm going to have both, one or both of you guys on, uh, uh, Dunk Tales Pod. So you can follow that and check us out with me, my man at Joe Borelli. Check him out too. Cool. All right. So go check that out. Of course, if you're a new listener, if you're one of James's followers and you're checking this out and you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcast your regular subscriber give us that five star rating give us that good written review really helps us out and of course share the podcast tell everybody listen to the locked on celtics podcast here on the locked on podcast network john has anyone ever told you that you you sound a little bit almost like ray romano ray romano Ooh, yeah i hear it really i listen on the show sometimes and when you're like you're making a point and you start rolling it has that that like a strident you know, uh, kind of like, you know, passionate Ray Romano. Interesting. Absolutely. I, as I listen to the show, sometimes like, Hey, this guy's not like Ray right now. Huh? Is that a compliment? <laughs> Is that a, I don't know. It's just a neutral observation. It's a neutral. It's, observation. Just a thing. it's neither yeah, complimentary just a thing. nor derogatory, <laughs> but everyone yeah, loves Raymond. Right. So, I mean, I guess, uh, and now, now I have to listen. I'm listening for it in my own head, and I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's not so much the voice because he has a really kind of Kermit the Froggy thing. It's just the cadence and this, like the the rhythm of the, how you start talking sometimes. Okay, all right. 
Well, I'm going to put this in at the end of the podcast and <laughs> see if people agree. Tweet us. Do I have a Ray Romano thing going on? Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.